This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Hey, hi, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hardwood Knox Podcast. I am Dan Favalli, coming at you with my super-duper, incredibly esteemed, awesome times awesome, fantabulous, spectaculario, is really stoked that the Lakers were able to almost clear a third max slot, co-host Andrew D. Bailey. We have a lot to get to today. We're going to finally tackle our outlooks for the Washington Wizards, Miami Heat, and Oklahoma City Thunder, thus finishing up the series. And we are, as we say at the beginning of every pod, at least to ourselves, going to try and do it succinctly and hope that that works out. Before we get started, though, I just want to remind, implore, beg, plead with everyone to continue rating, reviewing, subscribing to us on iTunes. We really appreciate seeing those numbers go up. We can also be found wherever else you are consuming your podcast, but iTunes is still the best way to let us know that you are out there, you are listening, and we are not yelling into the great void like a bunch of pretentious dirtbags, as is one reviewer thinks with our pretension. I brought that up last podcast, too. You could tell I'm not salty or anything. Follow us on Twitter. I mean, he he didn't say dirtbags, right? No, it was just pretentious was one word. I hope that review gets worse every time we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add one word. Yeah. It. Follow us on Twitter at Hardwood Knox. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andrew D. Bailey, spelled, as always, exactly like it sounds. You can follow Mo, who is not here today, on Twitter as, as well, at Mo DeKeel underscore MBA. That's at M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore MBA. I am at Dan Favalli, F-A-V. A-L-E. And finally, if you haven't checked out all the great stuff we have coming out on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, what are you even doing with your life? Fantastic NBA, NFL, NBA draft content coming out of there weekly, year-round, all the time. Other sports are baked into there as well. Follow Blue Wire on Twitter at BlueWirePods. Now we get to the question that I feel like I haven't asked in forever for some reason, even though I talk to you every day. How are you doing, Andy? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I've got a I've got a threefold problem at the Bailey household. It was 90 degrees today. Uh, very problematic for me and my Viking blood. Uh, the air conditioning in my house is does nothing on the uh, upstairs, and my kids sleep downstairs. So it's been a warm, warm evening for me. But it's cool. one of those people who just sweats while sitting still. Yes, I. <laughs> That's rough. I hate heat so much. Like anything over 50 degrees starts to get uncomfortable for me. Please tell me that's an exaggeration. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not exaggerating. I used to walk to class in Laramie, Wyoming when I was in law school 
on days that it was like 20 degrees and snowing. And I would text my wife like 10 minutes into the walk and be say something like, I'm so mad that I'm sweating right now. <laughs> That's kind of a nifty little party trick though. Just sweating in the <laughs> snow or something. It'll be a, a nice little, uh, yeah, icebreaker at parties. And a great way to start a podcast, apparently. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> I don't actually, I'm not a big sweater unless I'm like for some reason, and it doesn't matter whether I'm going like hard or not. Like if I'm at the gym, I sweat like a pig. Like I feel bad for people that need to use machines or like benches after me. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid and I'd play basketball, not a kid, like a teenager, and I'd play basketball against adults. I used to be so grossed out by how much men sweat. <laughs> and now I am absolutely one of those guys. When I play pickup ball now, I wear like a full long sleeve sweatshirt. Um, no, to can that make it worse? No. Well, at least at least you're not like rubbing up against my bare skin. All right, fair if enough. You're, <laughs> if you're playing, at least you're not rubbing up against my bare skin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we put that? Let Let's see if we can get Blue Wire to cut that as like the soundbite for uh, for this episode. Yeah. So never rub <laughs> up against Andy Bailey's bare skin. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bearskin, the Washington Wizards are a team in the NBA. They just held <laughs> they just helped out the Lakers in clearing near max space. I think the Lakers right now are at like 32 million. I have to look at my cap sheet for them, but the Wizards in exchange for a what was it, 2022 second rounder, 2020 second rounder took on Yeah, something like that. Took on Mo Wagner uh, Jamario Jones and Isaac Bonga. You had you had some feels after it happened. I saw on Twitter. Yeah, um, initially I was like annoyed because it just seems like another team doing a favor for the Lakers. A bunch of people were like, "Well, they got Mo Wagner, so you know that that makes it fine." Um, I guess they did like Mo Wagner before the draft, so maybe that changes it a little bit. And I guess there's. A, somewhat intriguing or I, I find Isaac Bonga somewhat intriguing um who knows who that 2022 second round pick is uh I'm, I'm trying to like look up a report on this so I can make sure what year the pick was in yeah 2022 second round pick um initially it just felt like another team doing a Laker doing the Lakers a favor it, it's like year after year after year they just continue to be incompetent and back their way into um incredible players incredible luck and the more i tweeted about it yesterday the more i was just like kind of taking it as a joke and and by today i don't really care <laughs> i was telling you earlier today i'm like i'm realizing in the last couple of years how hot takey i can be um maybe people should just yeah um stay away from twitter for like at least 10 minutes after big news is announced but um i don't i don't know i, I guess I guess I'll see how I feel if they get Kawhi Leonard because I feel like that would still kind of annoy me. But at this point, it's just like whatever. I guess I guess the Wizards can say, yeah, we we were interested in Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, Jamaria Jones, and and uh, I don't know. <laughs> what a rambling response. What did you think about it? I don't really care. I mean, I get the frustration, and it's I have the Lakers at thirty two point one million in cap space after the trade. This is assuming they renounce everybody. It can go down if you carry Reggie Bullock's cap hold, which is four point eight million. It will slightly annoy me. This is the player's right. You know I'm pro play, pro player at every turn. If they end up signing a max free agent for six hundred thousand dollars less than what he could get elsewhere, just because it's like, come on. 
that's the part that would bug me a little bit. Otherwise, you know, they I, look. This is they, there's an opportunity cost here, and I think they were probably not enough. But th- like you said, Isaac Bonga is intriguing. Mo Wagner was a 25th pick a year ago. That's I don't care what you think. Like he's supposed to be a stretchy big man. I don't care what you think about his rookie season. That was the 25th pick a year ago. It's I do wonder. Does it mean that the Lakers? know that another star is coming and who is this star or they just committed to having as much cap space as possible so that they can divvy it up and build a supporting cast around LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma. I will say if they're trusting the front office to go this far for cap space just to use on non-max players where they have to identify the depth and how much it's worth that's a that's that's going to be a slippery slope because this front office I'm singling out Rob Palenka here but the team in general uh, and I mean maybe Magic Johnson still works for them I don't even know what the hell is going on <laughs> with them anymore uh they haven't proven that that they can do that so I this makes me wonder are they just that confident in their ability to identify depth or do they they really believe or know that a star is coming already my sincerest desire for the Lakers is that they sign Kyrie Irving and that he has the same chemistry issues he had the last couple of years. Um, and then their their veteran minimums are Carmelo Anthony, uh, Nick Young, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. Who else could I throw in there? Um, you want Lance Stevenson back? Oh, yeah. G- give me all the high character um, <laughs> <laughs> veteran minimum free agents I can get. I have to have Swaggy P there. Oh, J.R. Smith. He's definitely going to be there. Um, D-Wade might as well come out of retirement at this point. Yeah, I'm sure they could coax D-Wade out of retirement. Um, Did you see the report from – this might have just been like an hour or two ago that said if they don't get – and I actually think this makes sense – that they'll use the max space if they can get Kawhi or Kyrie. Otherwise, it's divvy it up among role players. I I think the concern that you just pointed out that (laughs) do we really want to trust Rob Palinka to go with that last strategy to be the guy who picks out – um, role players and splits the cap among the, the 32 million among, I don't know, three guys. Um, I, I think that's a fair criticism, but I actually think that overall approach like Kawhi, Kyrie or depth makes sense to me. No, I, I get the approach. It's I, again, I just is how much I, it was only a 2022 second round pick. And people don't think that Wagner is going to end up being like this fantastic NBA player. I'm just wondering if you don't know a star is coming is that extra, like, what is it, $3 million and change, $4 million? Or actually, Wagner makes more than I thought he was at two. So let's say $4.8 million, four point. All right, it's $5 million. It's just still, I'm, is it, I don't know. It, it, we have to see what the cap space turns into. For the Wizards, I think, it's, I think it's a fine play. I don't know if any of these guys turn into anything, but they're kind of thin up front. So if you have Wagner, you're going to give them minutes. I do think this kind of signals it's not like they have all this cap space, but it kind of signals that they're committed to a little bit more of a, a gradual project here since they're, this might be the smallest salary absorption of all time, but they're (laughs) they're taking on three players in a second round pick and they're going to take up roster spots. And now their, their cap situation is really interesting. They declined Jabari Parker's team option. They could technically get some cap space if they wanted to, but you need to carry Sadoransky's hold um, I'm imagining they're going to carry Bobby Portis's hold as well. I don't know if you saw the report from Toadie Jones and Fred Katz that he wants $16 million a year. Who? Bobby Portis wants $16 million a year. 
yeah, wow. <laughs> Any team pays in that is uh, really going out on a limb. That would be peak. This actually is 2016. Yeah. I keep hearing, I, I, I think it's Zach Lowe who keeps saying, or it might be Bill Simmons, um, that we're going to get a couple of those sort of what moments that, that like we had in 2016. I don't think it'll be as bad as like Bobby Portis Ma- getting $16 million. Yeah. Mozgov and Biombo right out the gate and the Turner deal. Uh, I think the Bazemore deal was that year. Uh, I, I feel like teams are probably have wised up a little bit. I feel like the Baysmore deal would end up being the ceiling on this summer's silliness. Like you yeah. wouldn't see the Noah, Mozgov, Mahimi type deals. Um, I'm just like, so I've been doing this tracker for a few hours now. So I'm, I'm like deep into all these rumors. Did you see Zach Lowe's free agency primer that he released today? Uh, I did not. I was finishing Speaking up my own top 50 big board. As of you've got plenty on your plate, um, but speaking of summer silliness, he he posited the possibility of the Suns trading for Andrew Wiggins. That would be Suns. <laughs> That's that feels Suns. We got rid of <laughs> T.J. Warren's contract so that we could help get facilitate an Andrew Wiggins salary exactly. dump. He said uh, one something like one rival executive thinks that Minnesota is going to be able to unload Wiggins, and then he said, "What if Phoenix used?" Um, Tyler Johnson's expiring in salary filler. And uh, <laughs> I just thought, man, if you had Booker Wiggins on this in the same lineup, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe they signed Terry Rozier too. They could just really make it a party there. <laughs> Terry Rozier, not that far behind Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, Please, you saw that one. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, yes. Uh, people in the Knicks, or some in the Knicks front office, uh, supposedly believe Terry Rozier is not that far off from Kyrie Irving. Of what? Like, <laughs> were their apartments close in Boston or something? Like, I don't understand. Surely they could not have met basketball. Yeah, for, that's for sure. Uh, to the Wizards, though, as we yeah, jump double pass again, Bobby Portis has actually been quietly, not, I don't know, quietly, he's been really good on offense uh, the past two seasons. Carl Anthony Towns over the past few years is the only other player averaging more than 20 points and 10 rebounds per 36 minutes while shooting 37% or better from three. Bobby That's Portis is still one of the NBA's very worst defenders, though. He's just yeah. – uh, you can't play him at center, and I, I think you would naturally want to. It's, I mean, you can. The defense just isn't going to be good. I think Washington was gave up 115 points per 100 possessions when he manned the middle last year. Still only 24 but I don't I, – I just don't – $16 million feels like a reach. They have Thomas Bryant, who played really well for them. Um, he's a restricted free agent. They also have, like, these weird veterans. Do you want to bring back Trevor Ariza? Jeff Green was really good for you. Do you want to bring him back? So their summer is fascinating in that case. And so I think eventually we have to get into a stay or go, keep or let go, whatever – but my first question is, I think there have been reports to the contrary of this, that they would rather sign Beal to an extension. Do you think they'll look into trading Bradley Beal by the end of the summer? This also feels like a stupid question because we need to point out they don't have a general manager yet. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, I, You know, that stuff's been floating around. I think the Ringer had a piece yesterday about how he should I, – I didn't read it, so I, this might be a mischaracterization. I just kind of was going off the tweet that they used to post it. But they basically said he should ask for a trade. Um, if that happens, I guess that changes uh, things a little bit. But if I was the Wizards, um, I, I would try to hang on to Beal. He's, he, how old is he? He can't be older than 25. 
He's about uh, to turn 26, I think. So he's not okay. old. He's already, he just turned 26 um, today. Happy birthday, Bradley Beal. Just won't um, be releasing on his birthday, but happy birthday, Bradley Beal. <laughs> um, so 26 years old, he just averaged, what, 25, 5, and 5 this season. I, I, and he's been healthy the last few years. There were some concerns about his durability for the first few seasons of his career. Um, you can have this guy who just put up ridiculous numbers in his age 25 season for the for the entirety of his prime. I mean, that's what you look for um, when you're building a team is this kind of a player. The guy that I'm sure they would probably like to trade if they could is John Wall, but there uh, there's just no getting off that contract, I would think. Um, no, not with the Achilles injury. Yeah, I mean, it, that's just – it's awful for the Wizards and for John Wall. The contract wasn't great before that happened, but this that certainly – didn't help it, but if I'm the Wizards, um, I guess I guess what I would do is just build around Bradley Beal because there's just a lot of times when you give up a guy like that, you don't know how long you're going to be just sort of floating in basketball purgatory. Um, so I, th- I think you already have a guy who can get twenty five five and five. He's he's on the brink of his prime. You go ahead and hang on to him. If they weren't prepared to pay him the Supermax this summer, and if he's not going to sign the three-year $100 million extension, I think was rumored that they would offer him, I think you do have to seriously consider trading him. Because there is a chance. He's not qualified that, for the Supermax, though, right? What's that? He's not qualified for the Supermax, though. No, they can still give him that extension, the three-year $111 million extension. But he can. I'm saying if you weren't prefer, prepared to give him this year's Supermax, he could still qualify next year, in which case he goes from That's that four-year, yeah. $191 million extension to a five-year, 247.3, that Giannis Atentacumpo number. And then you're just confronting this yeah. again next, next summer with only one year left on his deal. So much of this is predicated on just the vision for the team and uh, you know, are they going to have that general manager in place? So... I tend to agree with you, though. He's young enough where you should just try and rebuild around him, and hopefully if everything, maybe everything's like fine-ish next season, and then you get to maybe see what him and Wall look like in the in the following year, or perhaps Wall comes back by midseason. I don't think he's a guy that's supposed to miss all of next year. It's possible, but his return, I think, was pegged like January or February around there. It just, it gets, it's so hard to map out the future of this team otherwise, though, because if you're not, if you, let's say you even are committed to the Bradley Beal and John Wall core, what are you doing this summer? Are you still kind of just sitting tight because of Wall's injury? That's the thing that makes it tough. Um, <laughs> as you were rattling off some of the other veterans they have and like whether or not they should bring back Jeff Green, Trevor Reza, all that, I'm thinking, what's the point? Um, but with as long as Wall's salary is on the books, it's kind of hard to like tear down and start a rebuild around Bradley Beal. Um, I don't know that that contract just makes everything so much more complicated for them. And what also kind of complicates things too is I think you can argue that they can let all of their free agents walk without consequence, other than Thomas Sadaransky. Because if, if you have Bradley Beal, I think you also have an obligation to be competitive if you haven't gotten rid of John Wall's contract yeah. then. So I say rebuild around Bradley Beal, but I mostly mean, re- mean retool. And you kind of need 
Sadoransky to do that. Which you is, mostly mean rebuild around Sadoransky. Yeah, basically. I do. Can you guess where I have Thomas Sadoransky on my top 50 big board? I bet you you have him closer um, to where he should be than most other big boards. I'm going to say uh, uh, 30. 27. Yeah. I feel like you should have done the exact number since I had you, I counseled you that's on said true. big board, but <laughs> I did not memorize the top 50. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> he's his, his market's going to be fascinating because like you said, it doesn't seem like he's very much of a known commodity and he, there is just a layer of hesitance baked into his game where he's not necessarily going to look for his own shot. And I, you don't want him running the offense on his own unless maybe he's facing second unit so he needs that other scoring outlet but that almost arguably makes him an easier fit on these teams because he's used to taking a lot of catch and shoot threes um he basically had the highest assist percentage on drives of any wizard rotation player last year so i i would i would think that he's going to get comfortably more than mid-level money so the 9.2 non-taxpayers mid-level exception i would think he would exceed that pretty easily and i'm wondering What's the number where they look at it and go, oh, no, we can't match that? Well, um, I need to pull up the Wizards cap situation for next year. How much would you pay him? Comfortably, I would probably give him in the $13 million range before I really start to think. I was I, w- I was going to say 15 so I think we're pretty close. Um, but I need to look at what. He was, and just to get a feel for his, like when he's like decelerates um, off of screens and, and on drives, he can really catch defenses off guard, but it, he just doesn't really look for his own shot. There were 89 players who averaged as many drives as him last season. He ranked 86th of 89th in field goal attempts and then barely cracked the top 70 in trips to the charity stripe. So that it kind of, he's neutralized a little bit by yeah. his own self. And I don't think you could ever ask him to be the volume guy. He's never going to, you know, dance around and hit these shots off the dribble. But I do think there's, I'm not comparing him to Malcolm Brogdon. He's not, doesn't have Malcolm Brogdon's defense or length, but like those near universal fits where you could put them on any team and envision them working and playing not just heavy minutes, but quality minutes. I think that by default drives up their price, particularly if you're in restricted free agency. I completely forgot that Dwight Howard is on this team. Opted in, uh, too. What up, Dwight? Jeez. I, I agree with you. I think Sadoransky is a great plug-and-play option for a bunch of different teams. And I was thinking uh, a minute ago that he's he's really sort of the ideal combo guard um, for today's NBA, especially if you have another sort of ball-dominant wing like the Wizards have with Bradley Beal. He's a ball mover. Um, and he'll he'll hit shots when he's open, and he's a catch and shoot option. So I, I think he makes a ton of sense to bring back with uh, Beal next season, um, and for the foreseeable future, for sure. Do you think we end up? You're not a doctor, but if you had to guess, do you think we end up seeing John Wall playing next season? When did that happen? Um, he underwent was, surgery February twelfth on his a ruptured Achilles tendon. For people who, I'm going to say no. Twelve because, months would put him back in February. Yeah, and here's why I'll say no. Um, I think I think Washington will probably. Well, this is hard to say in the Eastern Conference. I was going to say they'll be out of the playoff picture, 
But February is fairly early and it is the East. And I do think like five through 10, 11 is going to be pretty wide open again. Um, gosh. But the, <laughs> the other thing is, I think nowadays more and more teams are, are uh, approaching in- injuries with more than an abundance of caution. So just give guys as much time as humanly possible to get back. I, I think that's one of the reasons that we've kind of, I won't say figured out the torn ACL, but in the past that injury was a lot more devastating to careers. And I think, I think people have just gotten a lot better about the recovery process. And I think over time we're going to get better at, at knowing what, not me personally, but the the medical community is going to get better at knowing what to do with Achilles tears as well. This is a long rambling answer again, but I guess if 12 months puts him in February, Maybe it's like a Paul George situation when he came back and he played like eight or nine games just to sort of get a feel for things. Maybe I could see that. It does. It seems like they would be better off keeping him out unless they actually going to be are in the thick of the playoff race. Yeah. And, and or the, again, going that, that Paul George. If they're, the, if they're in the thick of the playoff race, um, that probably means that there's something going like there's some good chemistry between Beal and Sadoransky, and then you have a different consideration. Like, um, what is what is throwing such a high usage guy like John Wall into this mix going to do? The last thing before we kind of get to just going through all their their free agents, I think a lot of people thought that they were going to end up drafting Jackson Hayes, and then they end up taking Rui Hachimura. I know you're not like the biggest draft guy, nor am I. So I'm not going to. Pre- I probably even butchered his pronunciation. Um, even though I, I, I tried to study his leading up to the draft. You I told me it wasn't too bad. I thought you nailed it. So, well, you, I, like I said, you're not a draft guy. So forgive me for not trusting <laughs> you. I'm not a draft guy, but I am a pronunciation guy. Was I don't know. You called him Wagner before. <laughs> That's true. That that was my Americanized version of Mo Wagner. <laughs> um. Were you surprised more by that pick or the Cam Johnson pick by the Suns? Um, <laughs> probably Cameron Johnson, although that's a, that is a tough call because both of those threw me for a loop. Um, I kind of get it with Cameron Johnson. I mean, I, I honestly think he probably was the best shooter in the draft, so maybe you think, heck, we're at the end of the lottery. Let's go, just go ahead and get the best shooter. Um but it certainly seems like they probably could have traded back and gotten him. Same thing with the Wizards. It seems like they could have traded back too. Did you did you see what their I think it was their interim GM said about taking Hachimura? Somebody asked him straight out, "Did you think about trading back?" And he said, "Well, it's hard when people are calling you to trade up and get him." <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Thought <laughs> okay, um, I don't. I don't. That was a tough one for me to buy. Um, but yeah, both of those picks were certainly a little bit surprising to me. This draft is was pretty tough to read though. Like I, I, I think everyone's pretty confident in Zion that that's a real stretch to say that. Um, but after that, I really don't know. I mean, one of, one of the guys I like the best from this draft is Brandon Clark. And I think he went 21st. So who knows with this draft class? He just, look, I know he's seven foot two wingspan. This is uh Rui Hachimura. I know he's seven foot two wingspan. Everyone's lauded his first step for a big man. It's just going to be interesting to see if he ever becomes a shooter. And, yeah. you know, is he going to be, I don't want to use the word smart enough because I feel like that's mean, but is his defensive IQ, you know, how quickly is that going to develop? It did seem like a, a weird gamble 
Uh, I think most mocks had him going around like the 12 area was the earliest that. Yeah, those were like the high end. Yeah. So I, to see him go at nine, I think you could have definitely looked at trading back, but we don't know what the, just the structure there, you know, you have interim GM, Tommy Shepard, but like who's, Whose calls were these? So it, it was just, I was very surprised. I still think I was a little bit more shocked by the Cam Johnson stuff just because he was definitively in everyone's 20s on mock drafts. And I do think uh, you had Rui was going, I saw him in consistently in the late teens and did see him in, in some people's lotteries. Yeah. I, at one point I even wrote it, I think it was for Forbes, like a draft preview. And I saw Hachimura around the Jazz's area, which was 23rd in some big boards and mock drafts I even like wrote up how he would fit with the jazz so it was certainly a a surprise are you seeing this news that's coming through right now about Darren Collison yeah um he just retired what (laughs) reacting in real time on the podcast I was gonna cut this out but that's isn't that crazy I mean yeah we have to at least leave in your reaction um I am stunned. Yeah, it's crazy. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe medication that will be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Okay, this is me trying to regain focus after live news that Darren Collison has retired from the NBA at the age of 31. That surprised me. Needed to gather my thoughts. We are back onto the Wizards, though. Darren Collison (laughs) has retired, so Andy will need to take down his player poll of Rubio versus Darren Collison. What what great timing on that one. For the Wizards, let's look at these free agents that they have and play a rousing round of stay or go. Jabari Parker, whose team option they declined. I saw some report that said that they were like both sides were open to bringing him back, but I, I'm going to go with uh, go. He leaves. I'm with you. Trevor Ariza. Go. Does Wesley Johnson count? <laughs> uh, go. <laughs> I don't think he'll even be the NBA next year. Dwight Howard opted in. Thomas Adaransky. Hold on. Uh, you got to leave this in too, though. Um, <laughs> while I was writing that update in the Bleacher Report tracker about Darren Collison retiring, I, uh, I quote tweeted the Rubio Collison poll that I just did, the one that Rubio won. And I just said, whelp. And uh, somebody responded to that and he goes, he probably saw the results and decided to end his career. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is brutal. 
Anyway. Thomas Sadoransky, restricted free agent. Uh, I'm going to say stay. I think he's too. We have a question about him, and that's going to force us to hammer out a price point in um in a second. But that's, I, I agree with you. I think they can't afford to lose him. Sam Decker is still on this team, in case you were wondering. Restricted oh. free agent. Um, I'll say stay on a really small contract. I was going to say go. I didn't even see news. Forgive me if I'm out of date on this, that they extended him a qualifying offer. They still I, have time, but I haven't seen that either. Bobby Portis, also a restricted free oh, agent. League sources indicate the Washington wizards will not tender, tender qualifying offers to Sam Decker or Chase and Randall. I saw the Randall thing. I don't know why I didn't see the Decker thing. Randall Decker's gone then. We apologize for being out of date on the Decker thing. That was Keith Smith. What was the next one you threw at me? Bobby Portis. Uh, go. Yeah, I, I want to see what his next contract looks like. Under or over $16 million a year. 16? Yeah, for the number seven. that he wants. Oh, for Portis, under. Under over 12. For... Uh, Portis, Portis still. Portis? Uh, under. Wow. I think he gets like mid-level money. That's fair. I mean, that I think that's fair. Wouldn't surprise... Him, guys like him and Julius Randle will be good litmus tests for how this market ends up panning out. Like, is it going to be as ridiculous as 2016 yeah. or close to it? Jeff Green. I think, I think Randall gets a little more, but Jeff Green, I'm going to say He played go. really well for them last year. I think he goes too, just because I don't think this team's on his timeline anymore. Thomas Bryant, early bird restricted free agent. Um, Stay. I'm with you too. The center market is pretty deep, but I don't know what type of offer he would get that would kind of just wow them out of the water over yeah. under on the number of all-star appearances mo wagner has as a member of the wizards <laughs> as a member of the wizards uh five career 15 yeah that seems i'm with you there jeff green though had a good season he might make people believe again he shot almost 35 percent from three played in some small ball center lineups you know so jeff green always makes people believe now we can get now we can get to our wizards mailbag uh wizards mailbag questions we have this question from Double Rainbow at Bobo. Oh, it's at Double Rainbow, Bobo Fett. Why did Ernie Grunfeld mismanage the Wizards for over a decade into a heaping pile of garbage that no one can solve? Um, <laughs> I don't know the answer to your question, Bobo, but uh, I do agree with the premise. <laughs> I think that's a perfect answer. We'll leave it at that. I don't know why he did it. They just, they were addicted to mediocrity and he was given crazy leeway is all I will say over the past. What was it? A century? Was that how long he was in charge? Vegas, <laughs> Vegas in July at Vegas, July asks, what does the math suggest is Thomas Sadoransky's actual value as a restricted free agent? There's no way to pinpoint it with the math. Obviously, what would be the number for you? That I think you already said it, but is it a hard fifteen million? Is it a little lower, a little higher? I'd probably get a little. I'd probably start getting uncomfortable a little bit lower than that. Where I think he'll, I think he probably ends up getting a deal around the mid level area too, like nine ten million. If he if he gets that, that's a freaking steal. I'm going to call it right now. I so I agree with that. Um, and maybe he's maybe he's more valued around the league than I think. Um, but I guess we'll see. Two more questions on the Wizards. This one comes from Alex Khalifa at Good Guy in Sports. Will Wall appeal appear at all this coming season? We already talked about this too, but 
I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a more concrete answer this time and say yes, just for like a Paul George style comeback. Maybe maybe eight or nine games right at the end of the year. I feel like I could be the hedger here. I'm just gonna say no. If he does play, I feel like it'll be that Paul George type situation. They might feel more urgency to play him than most teams because they want to know what to do with his Beal Wall core. Yeah. That'll be interesting to watch. This question comes from Den at Den underscore Den. 11 what's the easiest way for the wizards to fix their cap dilemma without trading wall and veal look i'm not gonna say it's impossible that is something i will not say what without trading them yeah so you're you're keeping both of them what the wizards can do and this is just for so forget about next season but in 2020 2021 they make a combined 70 million dollars when the cap is at 116 as of right now, the only other guaranteed contracts on the books would be Wagner, I believe, is guaranteed, unless he's going to have a, a team option that year. He does have a team option, so that's not even a guaranteed deal. So the only guaranteed deals on their books are going to be Wall, Beal, uh, Brown, and Hachimura, and then whatever their first-round pick is going to end up being. So... In theory, and Troy Brown has a team option as well. I would assume they picked that up, which is why I included him in the guaranteed. So you could be looking at conservatively in guaranteed salary between, let's say, five guys under $90 million. That's not going to leave you with a whole lot of room to work with once you pencil in holds. You're still, you'll be, after the minimum roster charges, you'll be at under $100 million, you're not going to be in max reagent territory unless you dump anyone. And this is also presupposing they do not re-sign Sadoransky to a long-term deal, re-sign Bobby Portis to a long-term deal, re-sign Tommy Bryant to a long-term deal. But if you are looking to get out of salary cap hell without trading them, I do think it's just a matter of conserving the powder and waiting through next season and, and then looking to spend. I don't know how realistic of an idea that is just because what is, let's say $20 million in cap space. What is that going to get you in 2020 when there'll be less cap space floating around, but also not as many talented players. That is really the only route I could see them going is to just clear the deck in advance for the summer of, of 2020. And because look, Beal isn't going to get any cheaper after that. He's a free agent in 21, 2022, so if you're planning on keeping him, his max salary is all of a sudden going to balloon by that point as well. Those are th- so again, so the summer of two twenty twenty would be the only real option of can they make a splash while having both Beal and Wall still on the books. I don't have anything to add to that. I thought that, that was about as well as that could be broken down. Do you want to go to the Miami Heat or the Oklahoma City Thunder next? Um Let's go to the Heat. Have you seen this from Tim Reynolds? I, I hadn't seen this until now. I did see it. I was going to start there, but why don't we start there? Okay, perfect. What did Tim Reynolds say, Andy? <laughs> a quick Jimmy Butler note. Nothing has changed. He's still very interested in Miami per a source tonight, despite the obstacles that exist on the Heat deal-making fronts right now. He still wants to talk with the Heat, the source said. Um, that's interesting to me. I don't even... <laughs> If if it if it comes down to a sign and trade uh, scenario, I I don't see how Houston or I mean how Miami comes close to Houston unless he says I'm going 
Butler would have to exercise some kind of leverage here, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And then you get into the, if it's a sign and trade, people have already talked about this, you get into the base compensation problem, where because Jimmy Butler's salary is rising by so much, that he's actually not going to be worth his entire salary as outgoing money. And so that makes it harder to match up the money, and it makes it even harder to do so with a team that is, as of now, in the luxury tax. So if they if they heat wave Ryan Anderson, this is where I have them about. They're going to be around $8 million over the luxury tax, a little bit less. That's if they waive Ryan Anderson, which, by him. the way, he's owed $21.3 million, and they have to waive him at 15.6. So you're just paying him $15.6 million to go away. That's insane. So even if they waive him, they're still over the tax. Right. And if they want to get under, you have to broker a salary dump, or you can look at stretching and waiving a Goran Dragic or Hassan Whiteside, which I wouldn't recommend. I think only Whiteside, stretching and waving him is the only way to get under in that scenario. I don't even think Goran Dragic does it. Maybe he comes close. Oh, no, he would get you under. I'm sorry. I don't know what the math is. But that's, again, that's swallowing huge pills. Do you want to pay Hassan Whiteside nine-plus million dollars over the next three years? No. Who? (laughs) Man. Um, Yeah, the answer to that is no. Has Pat Riley kind of... um, been given a pass on where this team is right now has he been given a pass well maybe not but i can't can you imagine if uh the new york knicks were entering next season with 140 committed to these guys i'm actually surprised that they're not so (laughs) i'm i'm looking at their cap sheet now and my goodness um i don't I don't. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if. I don't know how long ago you saw the Tim Reynolds report that I just read. But is there any conceivable, realistic path to them to, to them getting Jimmy Butler this summer? There would need to be a third team involved, I imagine, and then you're definitely giving up Josh Richardson in that scenario. I don't know. I otherwise, I don't know why Philly's partaking. Yeah, Josh you normally Richard- don't give up an asset like that in a sign and trade. But I'm just how else? How else do you broker it? With having so it's gonna to have to have so many other machinations to it. Yeah, and I was I'm looking at the contracts and there's like which of these guys I don't I don't know which teams around the league would have a desire to like absorb any of these guys into their cap space either. No, look at so these are the commitments that they have. Hassan Whiteside, one year, twenty seven one twenty seven point one million dollars. Ryan Anderson, unless they waive him, he's gonna be at one year twenty one point three million. Goran Dragic, one year nineteen point three million. Now it starts to get really messy. James Johnson, two years, $31.4 million, player option in year two. Kelly Olenek, two years, $26.7 million, player option in year two as well. And that's not, that's not a terrible one. Dion Waiters, two years, $24.8 million. That is bad. And you have, I think these deals are fine for the most part, but it's not like you don't owe Josh Richardson and, and Justice Winslow no money. Josh Richardson, player option in year three, but has three years, $32.6 million remaining. I think that deal is more than fine. That's Justice, value. Yeah. Justice Winslow's three years, $39 million team option in year three. So that's, you could look at it as a two-year $26 million deal. That's not that bad of a contract. I don't... I it's generally fine, but he better figure out how to shoot soon. Justice Winslow shot pretty well this season. It's will He's not ever going to be the guy that hits it off the dribble and will he be consistent with it. And he, again, him at point guard really worked for their offense at times. Wow, he shot, you're right, 37 and a half. Well, over the last two seasons, he's Do you at, even watch uh, games, Andy? <laughs> 37.7% over the last two seasons, so I apologize. 
um, Justice Winslow. And you're right, the point guard thing with him was pretty interesting. And look, they have Bam Adebayo seems like a nice young player as well, so they're not barren. And they also apparently think that Tyler Hero is going to end up being a Hall of Famer from <laughs> just the news bites that keep coming out. Uh, he said this before the draft that he can do more as a pick and roll guy, like shooting out of the pick and roll, passing out of the pick and roll. And then uh, Nekius, who work, who writes for Miami Heat beat and a whole dime, uh, dime up rocks and just a whole bunch of other places did a video breakdown of him on Twitter. And it was just not, it was just not pretty. I'm curious <laughs> to see normally the heat can make something of guys who can profile as pinball shooters. Yeah, so they're pretty good at developing. I don't know that he's just good. I don't know that he has future all-star potential written all over him. And I don't know why I didn't say Nekius' full name before. Nekius Duncan. So that was just an interesting, interesting thread. If this team is going to improve, my my take would be here that it has to happen via trade. And I don't know what type of deal they're going to get involved for. We've kicked around the idea that if Houston does actually put Chris Paul on the chopping block, that they might be a team where it makes sense to go after him. Yeah, one of the only teams where I can kind of talk myself into it, but even then, I like... I, I wouldn't be thrilled about taking on Chris Paul's contract if I'm Miami. Three years and $124.1 million is a lot. It's it's a lot. And his I think he's still really good and, and probably walks into the Miami facility, facility and is their best player uh, right off the bat. But the drop-off from 17-18 to 18-19 for him was pretty big. Um, and if it's just the beginning of a – of the decline that's very problematic would you give up i originally had the number 13 pick in here but let's just say it's goran dragic and james johnson are you doing that trade for chris paul um i I think that's a no-brainer for houston i would have to think long and hard about it for miami because that that Goran that nineteen point two million of Dragic's coming off the books next year, that's that's pretty tempting to hang on to. If I'm Miami, then you're replacing it with a salary that's double that basically, and then and stuck in there until what twenty twenty two, yeah twenty one twenty two when he'll be paid forty four point two million dollars. Here, though. <laughs> Here, though, is the issue. So Pat Riley also kind of hinted or flat out mentioned, I think this was in February, about how they're going to have a ton of cap space, that they would go after multiple stars. They need to actually carve out more cap space to do that because I have them. This is just it's such an early projection, but they're going to have under 40 million in cap space. That's enough for one max deal. You're in Next a, year. Yeah. So you're in a scenario where you have to get rid of two from the tier of James Johnson, Kelly Olynyk, and Dion Waiters to really enter that territory. And I don't know... Maxes? Yeah, to have the two max spots. That's something that you crossed... I don't know... I wouldn't do it... And Look, they're going to try and duck the tax this year, I believe. So maybe you still do try to look at moving them, but it's not something you go balls to the wall for until you need the cap space. And at that time, they'll all be one like expiring contracts and I would think that you could trade Kelly Olynyk into someone's cap space if you needed to then I I just don't understand the let's go all in on 2020 free agency stance like listen to some of these guys that are in 2020 free agency Kyle Lowry yeah Gordon Hayward who has a player option and he's not declining that player option Paul Millsap as of now 
but he could sign a longer term deal if they decline his team option. He will be he will be thirty five, by the way. Uh, hmm. Demar Derozan player option. Is this the top of the list? Yeah, Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. He has a his is a player option too, I believe, right? Otto Porter Jr. might be the best player you've named so well, far. Anthony Davis. Well, yeah, but yeah, he's Andre Drummond player option. Hassan uh, Whiteside. Uh, it will be a free agent. This I'm reading back. this off a of spot rack. Marcus Gasol will be a free agent. Serge Ibaka, Daniel Gallinari. There are some okay names, but unless we see and what's that? A lot of older guys. Right. And a lot of these guys have player options that if I had to pick right now, I'm going to say Gordon Hayward, Otto Porter, and Andre Drummond, and Nicholas Batum, obviously, but I didn't mention his name before. Those are guys that are going to pick up their player options. I go back and forth on DeMar DeRozan. I think the market's so shallow that he actually might as well. If you're going to, you know, age 31, if you have a good year, you might as well decline it and get another big contract. Yeah. So it's either these older guys or just people that aren't going to decline their player options i don't think you're going to find salvation in 2020 free agency so maybe this is when we finally yeah. see the heat slow down and go through a more methodical rebuild i'm just i'm curious as currently constructed are they a playoff team uh possibly like i was saying earlier what an that, answer <laughs> five through 11 is or i don't even know i'm it could be five through 12, five through 13. I don't even know. Um, I guess I'll know a lot more after free agency, but I think at the, the end of the Eastern conference is just going to be wide open again. Are they like a top four team? Um, uh, like a home court contender? No way. Um, I think they're, I think they're exactly what they've been the last couple of years, high thirties, low forties. And some years that's enough to get in, in the East and some years it's not. The way I, I don't see how they get any better than that. The way they get better, I think, is that Goran Dragic is healthy and just has a better year than last season, which is not unreasonable. Yeah, Josh Richardson and or Justice Winslow reach another level. Bam Adebayo turns into just a more consistent defender in the half court. And then maybe Tyler Hero turns out to be like the serviceable rookie, and you get good seasons from James Johnson or Deion Waiters. Have Johnson could use better health too. That's another. That's another thing. I, I think those are all reasonable points. And here's the thing too: is that this roster, I, I almost feel like we tend to overstate how how bereft it is with talent because the payroll is scary. But like, <laughs> all of these guys, for the most part, belong in an NBA rotation. Yeah, that's true. Hassan Whiteside seems like he might be a cultural problem in the locker room. Uh, but Goran Dragic can play. James Johnson's still really switchable. You can have him run fast breaks and jumpstart some of the offense. It'd be great if he had a consistent jumper. Kelly Olynyk was fantastic for them by the end mm-hmm. of last season. Can you get by with him playing minutes at center? He Deion Waiter is making chops with them that I didn't know he had. Kelly Olynyk too, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dion Waiters, I mean, you know, he played well for them once. Maybe it happens again. Josh Richardson, can he handle? They've tried to up his pick and roll creation. Can he do more of that? Can can he make his pull-up jumper with more volume? Uh, Justice Winslow, he shot well from three, but can he add some heft to the volume a little bit? And how long you know, will the point guard thing work with him? I do think they need more wings on this team if you want him to be the de facto point guard. And then I already mentioned Bam Adebayo. This is a team that could be a playoff team. It's just the payroll outlook outlook is is really bleak. And so I'm going to boil, before we get to the back, I'll boil it down to two simple questions for you. One, who's the player you look at who will have the most improved season for their team compared to last year? Hmm. 
Um, I don't want to say Dragic because I feel like that one was just kind of spoon-fed to me uh, a minute ago. I mean, I'm going to say Winslow. I almost feel like it would be tough for Winslow to build on last season. I'm going to say he has a little mini breakout, even though he's already pretty good. I like that pick. I feel like Josh Richardson's going to have a monster year. And I mean, like, he was good last year. Probably not as great offensively as they they maybe would have hoped. But I could he see... He started off really good. I could see him. He's going to, I would assume, get a little bit more control over the offense. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have like a 19, 20-point average with five assists per game. And he was already at 4.1 assists yeah. last year. So I think he's he's going to be mentioned in the All-Star conversation. That's my that's my pick for them. The other like- one was, who is most likely to be traded on this roster? I'm going to say Dragic because he's expiring, and I think he could still be helpful. That's probably their most efficient way to get under the tax as well. So I would agree. Yeah. Our mailbag questions. This is going to be a dual question because it's basically the same one from two people. Jordan Scott at Jordan 53 at thoughts question mark on the Tim Reynolds news. And then excuse me as I, as I clear my throat um, and I scrolled away from it. Oh, sorry. NBA stay Shemin from steady Potten at steady Potten. If Jimmy has interest in a sign and trade with Miami, who are the heat most likely shipping out for him? We just went over all the complications of the, the base year compensation and how you have to finish under the apron after a sign-and-trade, which I guess wouldn't be too hard for the Heat, but the base year compensation thing is a problem. I don't see how they broker that sign-and-trade, particularly when you look at their draft pick commitments, and uh, they don't own their 2021 draft pick. I don't see how they get out of that deal without having to give up Josh Richardson. And that's not all they're going to have to give give up, but I think he would have to end up being the centerpiece. Yeah, I think he'd have to be involved. Um, I feel like multiple teams would have to be involved. Dragic, um, probably James Johnson. Uh, it, it would be extremely complicated um, for them to pull that one off. That that feels even more complicated than the Houston sign-and-trade chatter. This is actually our last question for the Heat. Comes from Brandon at BB Gun four two three. Where does the young ish? I like that he asks. Where does the young parentheses ish Heat core Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Derek Jones rank amongst the NBA? I appreciate him throwing Derek Jones in there. Yeah, um, I well, think I you could make it. a case that they're in the like top this. half. I think you could make a case. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a list of teams right now. Uh, Sixers have a better young core. Denver has the best young core. Denver's young core is awesome. Boston's is better. Brooklyn's is better. Um, the Bulls, where the Bulls are better, right? Carter and Markinen and Levine is still youngish. Kobe White. <laughs> I will. Okay, this is telling on myself a little bit. I I ranked the young cores for the NBA. Oh, there you go. And I separated them into tiers. Miami, I did six tiers, and Miami was in tier six. I didn't do all 30 teams, but uh, Miami was in tier six. And then tier seven was, I did an honorable mention tier seven, had Cleveland, Milwaukee, and, and the Portland Trailblazers. But Miami was in tier six. This is the teams that they were around. San Antonio, Memphis, lost. I think San Antonio's is better, don't you? I wrote this like in February. 
So I had in they're in the same tier. Charlotte was in there, the Detroit Pistons, the Clippers, who this was before the Landry Shamit trade, mind you. Okay. Actually, no, it wasn't, and they were still in tier six, excuse me. Memphis, Miami, and San Antonio. I think now, in hindsight, you can say the Clippers are clearly better. Memphis after getting John Morant and Brandon Clark. That's a good one. Yeah. The Pistons, no. Charlotte, definitely not. I like PJ Washington, but you really and I like Dwayne Bacon, but I don't like Malik Monk. So they're I'm probably gonna say that they're in the bottom half of the NBA when you look at the young cores. Yeah, I guess among the teams that that we can say are like built around a young core, that's probably true. You could, I think, you could make an argument that they're top half. I think you could, but what really hurts them is that in this young core discussion, Josh Richardson didn't qualify just because he just played out his age twenty five oh. season. Okay, yeah. So, like, uh, my cutoff for this was age twenty three season on down, and if you go by that criteria, they have they had just these. Bam and Derek Jones Jr. Now you can add Tyler Hero to that. I think you actually get rid of Justice Winslow though if you go by by that criteria. And even if you go twenty five and under, you leave you lose Josh Richardson, and that's a huge loss because he is. I would say he is their best player. Harry's Razors is helping Blue Wire listeners with a better shaving experience. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Enough with the cheap razors. Go try Harry's now. It's just $3 for our loyal listeners. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your official trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for only $3. Where's the Lakers young core rank now that all they have? Is- <laughs> <laughs> well, they combined it with the Pelicans to make one big super core. <laughs> hey, did you see that picture of uh, their practice today? Of the Lakers practice where it was just they- LeBron and Kuzma? <laughs> yeah. The Lakers had a practice with their only two players under contract. <laughs> what did you think about LeBron James giving up his jersey number for Anthony Davis? Is that, is that, did he pay him 4 million bucks? It definitely, that was definitely like a, oh, you, you waived your trade exception. Okay. Here you can have number 23. Um, yeah, I don't know. And all the stuff about number six, LeBron coming back. That was. I hope he was a headband next season or something. It's gotta be something other than the Jersey change for me. Say that again. I hope he wears a headband. It's gotta be something other than just the Jersey change. Who said that? Um, I think it might have been Kuzma who said just bring the headband back on Twitter. He should. You you and Kuzma. And he should play in super short shorts like he practices in. (laughs) Those are coming back for sure. Stockton would be proud. That covers the heat. We're on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We have a lot of mailbag questions for them, and I I think that works out because their roster is kind of set in stone. 
there mm-hmm. were rumors ahead of the draft though that they were looking to get rid of uh Dennis Dennis Schroeder and Steven Adams or Andre Robertson to duck the tax. I was a little bit surprised to see Steven Adams on there. Yeah, me too. He's I don't know that I love his contract, but he's really really good. Like he's a, he's a top 50 player in the NBA for me. Yeah, I agree. Um I guess if you just have an owner who wants to dodge the tax, you got to make tough calls. Um, Which is, it's, I never really defend owners for trying to duck the tax. It is sort of a shame, though, that they end up paying the repeater tax last year, which is, that's a tough pill for a smaller market like Oklahoma City. And now that the West is so wide open without Golden State being Golden State, at least for a year, you're not wanting to pay the tax. I don't really know how they're going to end up ducking it. I have them as uh, almost 17 million over the tax right now. So that's, that's with Darius Baisley on there, which that was a, a little bit of a surprise for me. Uh, so how did you feel about the Darius Baisley pick? Because if it pans out, he seems like a guy, he's just long and athletic could be switchable on defense and he can create his own shot and shoot on offense. If that's his peak right now, though, they really need shooting and that's not what he's going to give them. I think it's kind of funny that it just feels like they just did this with Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> and it's weird that they, I know that, you know, some executives and teams have a type, but if you're looking to duck the tax and ostensibly you're going to bilk yourself of some resources, you wouldn't then go burn one on a project. I mean, look, maybe Darius Baisley just ends up panning out or did they yeah. maybe expect Cam Johnson to be on the board when they were on the clock? Yeah, that's it. That's an issue. <laughs> I wonder if that sent him scrambling because <laughs> he would have helped them a lot. And Terrence Ferguson had his moments last year, but like he, he's not a consistent shooter just mm-hmm. yet. And that's all they really, that's like, that's been their need for how long now? Um, since Durant left at least. So. And people yeah. are just out on, I guess, Andre Robertson. I know he didn't play it all last year because that yeah, was his situation is interesting. Um, I haven't heard anything about him. Like I think I think the last report I saw might have even said that he might miss more time next season. Can that be true? I mean, rupture patella tenders are are tough to recover from. I think this was definitely more complicated than most that we've seen before, and it doesn't make you feel great. Didn't Victor Oladipo just basically suffer the same injury? Okay, so I, I so wait. Say that again. Oladipo. He had a ruptured quad tendon, right? So it's yeah. I'm, Injuries are so weird. Like Demarcus Cousins tears his quad and he's back like three rounds later. I guess there's like varying degrees of a tear for sure. Um, this article I just pulled up on the Roberson thing says by the time he comes back, he will have been out for twenty months. That's but a long sounds- time. Yeah, it sounds like he is coming back. Um, he is an all-NBA defender. Well, he was. <laughs> um, wow, that was harsh. I know. I, I was going to say I hate to say that. But when you're out that long and with that devastating of an injury, I mean, it's certainly a concern. I mean, I, I hope he can come all the way back. Remember but how good they were when they had Paul George and him on the floor with Jeremy Grant in 2016? That seems like a lifetime ago. It does. 2017-2018, sorry. Yeah, um, but there's there's nobody on the roster who 
helps the shooting. I mean, there's Paul George and that's it. Remember when Patrick Patterson was supposed to be like <laughs> the, that the- was my favorite free agent signing of the summer of 2017 now i believe it's it was left after he left the raptors he's dealt with a ton of injuries but yeah even when he's been on the court you can't just say he hasn't been healthy and playing for he had injury problems getting back to run but i thought that was just a fantastic uh pickup by them and it ended up not going well yeah it hasn't so far i guess in the first year there in okc he shot 38.6 percent from three um and he played all 82 games but yeah, they they definitely need shooting. I I feel like in we we even talked about this before we started recording. There's just not a lot of takes with the Thunder at this point because they they just are what they are and what they were. It's it's what they were last season. Yeah, there's so th- I think there are the few things to tackle would be Russell Westbrook is just become even more divisive, and people are again talking about how maybe this will be the year that he hones in on his jumper. I don't. I don't know if that he's going to end up ever being an above-average three-point shooter. I will say this about Russell Westbrook, and I talked about this with Christian Winfield on the the Nets pod for some reason. We went on a Russell Westbrook tangent. I still think he's a really good basketball player. He's just this force of nature. Yeah. Just the stuff he does, it's going to be inherently less impactful, and I think we've seen it already as time goes on, and it's going to be harder for him to do as he gets older. For sure, and at some point you have to offset that with uh, a little bit of shooting. And I just I don't know if it's ever going to happen for him. the The example that everyone points to, and with situations like this, is Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd figured it out when he was early thirties, late twenties, whenever it was. Um, but he's that's a very rare example. There aren't a lot of players who spend nine, ten years in the NBA without being able to shoot and then suddenly figure it out. So no, it almost I, never happens. Yeah, it's it's exceptionally rare. Uh, Abdel Nader gave him good minutes last year. Might be someone that they could use as a shooter. One of the consequences, though, of them maybe looking to duck the tax still, is then what are you doing in free agency? You're not going to use the taxpayer's mid-level exception, the 5.7, <laughs> I think it is 5.8, whatever, million dollars. And now all of a sudden you're just surfing the minimum contract dregs and – you know, and still trying to stay under the tax. <laughs> well, they're not going to stay. They're too far over it. So if you're going to sign anybody, it's just going to add to your tax bill. Well, I'm saying if they if they dump guys to get under the tax, they're going to have to replace them. Right, uh, the, right now, the, qu- the quickest way to do that, well, most efficient way, I would say, is yes, you could. I think, like, would the Kings take Steven Adams into their cap space? I would say I maybe. That, that was the Kings. Unless I've got Al Horford in the bag, which is I've written about like five times in the last two Al weeks. Horford to the Kings or Pelicans, injected into my veins right now. <laughs> I love the idea of Horford on the Kings, but I'm getting off track. I just don't think that Steven Adams is the type of player that you give up for nothing. Yeah, that, <laughs> that that's a great point. <laughs> the other thing that they could do is, can you find a taker for Dennis Schroeder or... Andre Robertson, Patrick Patterson, and say Terrence Ferguson. Those three get you under the tax, and you have to pair something to to Schroeder, who's owed two years, thirty one million dollars on his contract. Oh my gosh! You said they're seventeen million over the tax. I have them at sixteen point five. Wow! So yeah, just it's got to be Schroeder plus. And that's actually did I even did they even need it? Uh, no, that that should be exact. I'm not even sure if I updated there. 
their draft pick salary would only be lower. That's where trading down might have gotten them. If they knew Baisley was going to be there anyway, you could look at it and say, oh, they they like saved a few a, a few cents. Um, so, look, it's I, I th- that's the quickest way for them to get. I just don't know. You don't even have they don't even have anything of value, which is why I'm tripping over my words to grease the wheels of a Dennis Schroeder salary dump, which yeah. is then why does the Steven Adams thing become a necessity? Um, yeah, maybe they've had this exact conversation and that's what got leaked. Um, I tend to agree with the, I, I think this was the way we started off the OKC discussion that you probably keep Steven Adams. Cause I agree. He's a top 40 to 50 player. Um, if you're dead set on ducking the tax, I, I feel like you've got to explore other avenues first. It's just that those other avenues might not be very long. You might hit a dead end pretty quick. Do you think they do what it takes to get, under the tax 16 it's under 16.5 million i needed to update their draft pick salary if that's a consolation to anybody i think they may try but i don't know i don't know if they can pull it off one thing that i hope we can see is just more jeremy grant at the five and maybe that's the justification behind flipping adams that that would be interesting he's a guy who has shown it times that he can provide a little bit of spacing what did he shoot from three last year let me look that up he was close to the league average last year jeremy grant was at 39.2 percent. 39.2 that's like well over league average and he was at 37 in 2016-17 so there's there's a decent track record there on four attempts per 36 minutes for him so th- there's something set there will it translate to the playoffs he it did this season 45 percent shooting the the minutes with him at center they were pretty wonky defensively but if you think that he can play more center, maybe you think Patrick Patterson's finally going to be healthy enough to do it. Or do you think that you're just going to be able to get a center on the cheap? Because New Orleans Noel was really good for them last year. He opted out. And that's, the I was f- going to ask what you think he'll get in free agency too. I have, it's look the NBA bigs get squeezed anyway, but this market is so deep with yeah. centers that when I, I saw that. Uh, I think today they threw out four years, 90 million for Vucevic. And I thought, if if that's like the high water mark for centers, that's that's interesting to me. He's he's better than a lot of guys that are gonna get, that are gonna get better. <laughs> that was quite the tongue twister. He's better than a lot of guys who are going to get bigger contracts than that. Vucevic or Nerlens Noel? Vucevic. Yeah, for but sure. It's sort of an illustration of what the big man market is like. I feel like maybe Nerlens Noel is like room exception money right now, four point eight million, or taxpayer mid level five point three, whatever. Yeah. I keep getting those numbers tripped up. He might be worth more. I don't think he's back in Oklahoma City last year if he opted out. His market would have to tank. Yeah, that to happen. And yeah. so, where do you? You know, you do need to, again, unless you, even if you view Jeremy Grant as your backup five, you still need another reserve big i don't think it could be patrick patterson and nerland's noel but we'll do this with their they actually have some free agents worth talking about two of them basically three of them basically so we'll play the stay or go game that we didn't need to play with miami raymond felton um i'm gonna say go but like i'm i'm scoffing because they might have to bring him back on like a better minimum but i'm gonna say go markeith morris signed midseason. i'm gonna say go on that one too nerland's noel go i don't even have like a big man suggest they need to focus on shooting and a name that i have circled for them ever since they were looking to duck the tax was garrett temple just a guy who can he can dribble a little bit and he's been a decent shooter for most of his career and i don't think that he's gonna get a serious contract 
from other people, but are they even look? What are, will they? Are they looking to spend it all on this roster? So Oklahoma City's off season is going to be fascinating in the sense that are they willing to do anything beyond minimum contracts? And if they do, it's probably only going to be duck the tax. We have our, go ahead. Uh, them. Um, everybody's been talking for the last couple of weeks about how things are just, this is the most wide open the league has been in a long, long time. And that's obviously true in the new wide open NBA. Is this team a contender? No, they need more shooting. I think we've now seen it for two seasons running. And I was one that picked them as a dark horse contender last year, but they need, they need that outlet, preferably someone who could dribble as well. But at this point, if you can just have someone who can camp out beyond the arc and hit threes, they'll be in better shape. Ever since like 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, whenever it was, when you you brought up Grant at the five, I'm like really intrigued by that idea now. Because that, if, if you have a five who can shoot threes, um, I think that potentially opens up a lot. I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, you would trust that enough to ship Steven Adams into someone's cap space. Um, but you're right. They need shooting. There's There's just no question about that. On to their mailbag questions. Uh, we'll combine these two again because they're basically the same one. Vegas in July again at Vegas July. If any, who are conceivable targets for a Steven Adams trade? I think he means teams. You could talk about maybe players if you have any. Yeah. And then Blade Brown's truck at Blade Brown double zero. Realistic trade partners for Schroeder and Adams. So I think they need to find teams that have cap space for either one of those guys because I, I think – the re- especially for Adams, the only reason you trade him is is right, and you could take back technically maybe some. not like ten to be safe, like nine million dollars in salary with that. I don't know how much that actually helps. I like you. You threw this out earlier. I don't know if it's something you thought about or if it was just off the top of your head. But Stephen Adams in Sacramento is very interesting to me. What about if they keep their cap space? Let's say they don't sign anybody. Stephen Adams in New Orleans. That's interesting too. Maybe, for sure. just, maybe it's just Etwan Moore for Steven Adams. Yeah, that that would be very interesting. I'm looking at a list of teams that might have cap space. I, I have a feeling before I even dive in that it's going to be hard to find somebody where. Uh, I don't think Dallas, even if they kept their cap space, would want to pair him with KP. No, I think Dallas long term. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Porzingis needs to be a five. That's just my. Thoughts right. On the that. only big that I'd probably be okay with them signing would be Al Horford to play with him, but I do think that would ultimately be a waste of resources for them. Would Schroeder I know the Pacers are all in on Ricky Rubio for some reason, but Schroeder is maybe kind of interesting there. I can't I can't find a great Schroeder destination. Here's the thing with Schroeder is that unless you're also taking back, I had proposed the deal of, you know, what if you took back Nicholas Batum would actually help this team. And so what if you offered Patterson and Schroeder and just other salary. Was there anything you didn't didn't want, or maybe just those two? In which case, it works. But you're taking on salary, but like Robertson and and whatever you can make it work. Build an offer around Schroeder, and maybe Charlotte throws you some second round picks, and you take Nicholas Batum. But they're looking to cut their tax bill, so that's what I was going to say. Is, is Charlotte in danger of paying the tax too? I feel like they if if they lose Kemba, they might be in teardown mode. Yeah, but they're not in danger of paying the tax once he leaves. Oh. So uh, that's. I you now you're at a point where you can't get off of Schroeder, I would think, without greasing the wheels. And what do you grease the wheels with? Are you willing to give? Does Baisley even get it done? 
I, and um, it's just, you know, if you're, I don't, I don't know that it does. Yeah. I don't know if it does either. That's so I, I, I don't know if I feel cool. I mean, with the heat, I said, I don't know which guys are, would be wanted around the league. Um, I think the same thing probably applies with the thunder. I think there are a couple teams that would probably take Steven Adams, but after that, it's, it's not easy. I guess the plus with them is their salaries aren't quite as onerous as some of those heat salaries. Like most of those guys we talked about with the heat were making at least 10 million um, in that like 10 to 15 million range. At least it would be a little bit easier to talk somebody into taking on Patrick Patterson's 5.7. I think I'm with you there. You know what would be another interesting Steven Adams destination? Unless you then have to give up value for it would be the Clippers. Let's say they don't sign anybody in free agency. He seems like just the type of like gritty work ethic guy that would work with that core they have there. Yeah, I could see that. Um, they've got a pretty good thing going with the Zubats Harold combination, but that I mean, I, I don't think there'd be any um, crying over. I don't even know if this expression works here. Crying over spilled well, Z- milk. Yeah, Zubats a restricted free agent, so I, he'll be cheaper. I'm just wondering. You know, I mean, maybe they wouldn't because the Clippers sure. want to keep potentially keep their cap space then for 2020 there's been a lot of talk about boston if they're going to use their cap space on kyrie irving the only kemba uh yeah well whew. <laughs> if they're going to use their cap space on kemba now all of a sudden you get into gordon hayward steven adams scenarios and the thunder adding salary in those permutations so i don't think boston ends up being realistic um this isn't okc related if if uh you, just because you brought up Boston made me think about this. If you had to, if both wanted to be there, would you rather have Kemba or Vucevic if you were the Celtics? I've seen the lineup listed. I'd rather have Kemba Walker because I think face-up shot creators are inherently more valuable. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I think I'm on. I, I think I'm on board with Vucevic because you. You, ha- I, th- I feel like they have enough playmaking from those wings. Do you know what it's the problem would be for me is that I don't think he's cheaper like the deficit in money between him and kim walker isn't large enough for me to like it if it was a now if you could tell me that they could do like kemba instead of kemba walker they go maxi kleba dwayne deadman and a wing just things along like those lines like a talented wing or just a couple impact players i might support it but if you give you know the rumor for vooch is a 90 million dollar deal over four years from the from the magic that was from Mark Stein. Which to me, this this might not age well, but I think that's pretty dang good value for him. I think it's fine, but that's still twenty three million dollars a year. Twenty three. You've more. got nine to spend on a shooter. I, I feel I, I just really like that Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Hayward, Vucevic lineup. And I don't even know if Vucevic is interested. It sounds like he's sounds like he's going back to Orlando. It's just it's an interesting thing to me. Do you know what could be? This is way off thunder, but maybe. I think the Grizzlies want it back, but Jonas Valanciunas might end up being a good fit there. What's that? I said I think we've exhausted the Thunder anyway, but now go ahead. What, what did I you was going to say Jonas Valanciunas might be a name for Boston. Yeah, he's interesting too. I guess it would depend on what he costs. I, I'm not nearly as intrigued by him as I am with Vucevic. I feel like there's a little more stretchiness, a little bit more playmaking with Vuce. Um but Valanciunas is going to be interesting too. This is going to be a really crazy free agency period, which I'm sure we've said many times over the last few months. But the center market might might be the most interesting part of all. 
Because yeah, there are a lot of good picks. Yeah, I don't know how to predict what any of these guys are going to get. Demarcus Cousins is a complete mystery to me. Nerlens Noel is a complete mystery. Uh, Valanchunas, you just brought up, is a complete mystery. Um, even Derek Favors, like if he if he's a restricted free agent, he's suddenly in that center market. Like there's there's just all kinds of guys that I just I have no idea what big guys are going to get paid. Final question on the Thunder, and then we can close out this megapod from Nate Roscoff at the Nader Bader. Are the Thunder really that close to getting Kevin Love? Don't know if that's winning the ship nuts. That's a fun team. I've not heard anything on the Oklahoma City Kevin Love front. I have not either. I'm just going to Google Thunder Kevin Love and see if there's some. This is from Fadeaway World, which I've never heard of. Uh, They're quoting Jordan Zerm of Up Rocks. Is this a trade idea situation? That's, that was fun yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, so, it's a trade idea. I don't think uh, that Kevin – he shoots, but I don't know what your defense looks like with him at center, and I don't think you want him playing the four there. And to match up with his money, you're not shedding tax in that scenario. If you're getting off, maybe there's a situation where it can be a dead wash because he's earning 289 and you have Schroeder and Robertson and Patterson, that could be a dead salary wash if you're going to throw Baisley in there too. I I wouldn't do it if I was either team, actually. But I guess it could be something if you're not worried about ducking the tax and you just want to match salary. I guess he's a target that you could throw on. Yeah, I guess I, if, if I knew Roberson was going to be all the way back, maybe you have enough perimeter defense to cover. For Kevin Love, I don't. He would I, have to. He might have to be in for salary matching purposes in the Kevin Love yeah, trade. That's true. I was. I was going to say. I don't think whatever whatever the deal looks like. I don't think it makes them any more of a contender than they would be right now. And it's definitely not helping their tax bill. They, they can they can get Kevin Love while keeping Robertson, but that's only going to add to their tax bill. Then. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't. Not something's going to happen. Kevin Love's going to Portland. I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> it's good to see you've dropped the Utah conspiracy theory. Well. I'm, yeah, I'm out on that now. All, all is well in my Utah Jazz fandom world right now. I'm still like riding high on the the good vibes of the Mike Conley trade. Uh, mediocre vibes of the Mike Conley trade. <laughs> if they did nothing else but use the room exception on somebody, I feel like this offseason would be a slam dunk for them. I just want to know why they didn't make this trade at the deadline then, where they probably wouldn't have had to give up actual serviceable role players, a.k.a. Jake Crowder. I don't know. I I I still think that this – what they gave up for Conley felt like less than I thought they were going to have to give up. I think that's fair. I also think they were maybe in a position where they could have given up less in midseason. Well, it's not going to matter when Jarrell Brantley is twice as good as Jake Crowder anyway. That's that's really fair. <laughs> he he does have a great highlight reel of a three-on-three tournament he played in after this season ended. And so ends the Danny, uh, the Danny. Oh my God! So ends the podcast of Bales and the Danny. What? Did, where did they? Even I have be? no idea. I called myself uh, Dan for value when I did the intro on the last podcast with Mo. So ends the Danny. <laughs> so ends the podcast of Dan and Andy being extremely overtired. Yeah, that's that's very true. Listen, we're all just really affected by this LeBron James giving up number twenty three news, and I've never fully recovered. Yeah, that's all it is for sure. Um, until next time, um, you can you can follow us on Twitter. Dan is at Dan Favalli, F-A-V. 
A L E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. Mo DeKeel is at M O D A K H I L underscore N B A. I'm pretty sure I did that right off the top of my head. I do not have that in front of me. Um, it was correct. <laughs> at Blue Wire Pods is the podcast network. I feel like like my list of handles to rattle off gets longer every episode. At NBA uh, <laughs> underscore Matt. Now I'm like jinxing myself and and messing these up. Yes, at NBA underscore math. Um, if you've already rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast, make sure you tell your friends and family to do so as well. And until next time, we leave you with the shout out to Ben Udry, Kyle Anderson, and was it Jalen Brunson? Yes, well, they debuted it last podcast. <laughs> shout out to you three. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.